a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about the expanded role of pharmacists that could be happening soon. Joining me today is Dr. John McHugh. He is Health Policy and Management at Columbia University. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You have an interesting, I don't know if this is a premise or or if this is something that's already happening across the U.S., and I kind of think it is, especially we've seen it in the last couple of years, is that pharmacists are taking on some of the roles that you might actually go to a doctor to do, like getting a vaccine. So what else is it that pharmacists are taking on that we might traditionally think of seeing or doing at a doctor's office? That's right. Yeah. Our report, The Prescription of Trust, uh, that we did at the Columbia University Mailman School of Public Health um, in partnership with Express Fits Pharmacy, found that the role of the pharmacist is expanding uh, and will continue to do so over the next decade. One interesting thing is that because we have this accelerated shortage of physicians and nurses uh, available to serve patients, it's a, it's a great time for this to be happening. And this was even happening before the, the pandemic hit, but that really accelerated that shortage. The best part of the findings that we found was that there's a high level of trust uh, between patients and providers and their pharmacists to play this greater role. Um, and so when you think about this shifting uh, evolution of, of care models, uh, the trust is, is really important for people to be able to you know, go into a pharmacist and in some ways act as an extension of the primary care practice. To your question of other ways that we would see this playing out, there there are several states already that have uh, granted provider status to pharmacists and allow them to prescribe medications for, for certain classifications of disease. So imagine if instead of scheduling an appointment with your primary care office, you were able to, for, for a simple acute condition or if you had high blood pressure or something like that, if you were able to go to your pharmacist and get that prescription right away, um, so that would really change the dynamic. Are we just talking simple things? Well, you just <laughs> mentioned high blood pressure, and I don't mean that the disease itself is simple, but that's a simple test to find out if you have high blood pressure. What about a sore throat or maybe the flu test? I mean, is that what we're talking about is like, oh my gosh, I have a really bad sore throat. The doctor is booked up. I can just call up my pharmacist and they'll check to see if it's strep or not. Absolutely. I mean, I have I have two kids at home and oftentimes they'll get an ear infection. Um, and that's something that would be, you know, very easily diagnosed and, and we could get a prescription right on the spot. So acute conditions like that and, and maybe even some other chronic conditions. You know, I think the the, the issue we're facing is that with so many more people on multiple medications that are chronically ill, the pharmacist is playing a greater and greater role in that care process. And so, you know, recognizing that and providing more 
uh, opportunity for the pharmacist to engage with the patient um, is is really inevitable. Okay, you bring up something that is somewhat near and dear to my heart, and that is sometimes there is a lack of explanation on the doctor's side to the patient, mm-hmm. mostly because they're on a five or a ten minute time limit with each patient. And so they go, okay, I'm going to prescribe you this drug, here, go. And I don't know if it's because the doctor assumes that either the pharmacist will explain any possible side effects or they think the patient is going to read those microscopic instructions that come with the medications. But in this field of medicine, is it the pharmacist's role to explain all possible side effects to me when I go to pick up my medication, but the doctor didn't kind of forgot to tell me that? The, the pharmacist can definitely do that, and they are trained to do so. Some doctors may do a better job than others. The hope in the future is that you would have more of a team-based approach. And and where we see um, some interesting results with, with our study was that where physicians have engaged with pharmacists on care teams for chronically ill patients or other patients that um, are on multiple medications, there's even a higher level of trust. So where these physicians have prior engagement with pharmacists, they they really trust them to take on these roles. Um, So the hope would be that the provider and the pharmacist would have that conversation of kind of who who is responsible for what, um, and, and the patient would be better off and would know you know, if I have certain questions, I can I can engage with the pharmacist because nearly 80% of patients that we surveyed found that the, the pharmacist is, is already an integral part of their care team. You brought it up of talking about sometimes multiple medications and the pharmacist would know, oh, I just gave you a prescription a week ago that you're still taking and now you have another drug. I want to tell you the the side effects from taking both. But most of the time, I mean, I haven't been on two medications, but almost every time I go to the pharmacist to pick up something, they go, do you have any questions? And I'm like, no, I don't. I get the distinct impression that most of the pharmacists are just, okay, do you have any questions? And if you say no, they go, okay, you must not have any questions about taking two different medications at the same time. And they call it good. When we talk about expanding the role of the pharmacist, maybe they should be required to tell people everything? I think a lot of this, uh, the system, there, there are things that need to change within the system as well. And if you think about with the shortage of physicians, nurse practitioners took on a lot of that. And you see in different states, nurse practitioners have a more expanded role. And imagine if you could even schedule an appointment with the pharmacist um, or have a private consultation space. Or uh, with the with the you know skyrocketing telehealth uh, during the pandemic, there wasn't as much use of telehealth within the pharmacy space with pharmacists. But we see that as a definite growth area um, where 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 people could um, engage with the pharmacist in a more private setting. Um, our partner Express Script Pharmacy, for instance, they 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 provide access to their members to uh, their pharmacists twenty four seven. Um, so you could do that from the comfort of your home. Um, and they have many that are specially trained in chronic conditions and can counsel patients on a specific disease, um, such as diabetes or hypertension um, or heart disease or others. Um, so there, there are different ways you can engage with pharmacists. Um, and I think we're just kind of at the tip of the iceberg of, of what their potential can be. 
So your partner just mentioned, is there a fee? If I was with that company and I wanted to call my pharmacist, are we talking like the $10 copay fee that I would pay for the telehealth call? I'm not with their pharmacist right now. I think that the, the reimbursement um, at this point, um, you know, you can talk to a pharmacist at no cost. Um, you know, as we move to a different model, there, there may be a fee associated with that. Um, there could be a copay, um, similar to a doctor's visit. Um, but I think it would be a replacement of what you would be doing before, and it would be more convenient. Um, so, you know, I think we'll, we'll kind of wait and see what happens with the, the reimbursement models and cost structures. You know, I would see this as a, an opportunity um, for cost reduction um, with, with uh, equal to increased quality as opposed to the, the opposite. We need to take a break when we come back. I actually want to delve into that a little bit more. I don't know if you'll be able to answer all the questions, but this is where I see it going. So we're going to delve into what my mind just thought of, and you didn't hear that in my head. Uh, but we'll be right back with Dr. John McHugh. He is with Health Policy and Management at Columbia University. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to affects your life in any way money-wise, we're talking about it. And today we're talking about the role of your pharmacist and will that start affecting your pocketbook in the near future. Joining me today is Dr. John McHugh. He is with Health Policy and Management at Columbia University. Dr. John, in that last segment, we talked about the different things that the pharmacist might be able to take over, swabbing your throat for strep, checking your high blood pressure, talking to you about different side effects on medications. And right now, as you mentioned, just talking to a pharmacist is free, which is great. Love that. But if they start taking on a whole bunch of new duties, the way our society is set up is you don't get anything for free. That doesn't happen for very long if it does happen. So Exactly how much money would do you think pharmacists would start charging for 10-minute, 30-minute? What type of minute visits are we talking about? They want, you know, five minutes and out or, or what? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, as I said, pharmacists are always there to help ensure you're getting the best and most affordable medication um, by offering advice on generics and lower-cost formulary drugs. So that's one way, you know, they can they can even save uh, the consumer some money is is really explaining, you know, here are the medications you're on, and here are some ways we might be able to to save you some some money. They can even direct you to discount drug cards that provide you know reduced rates. 
as part of their expanding role, as, as we've talked about, they could perform some blood pressure cholesterol screenings, allow them to make some recommendations for potential future treatment. And as we see this unfold, there, there could be a copay involved in that, um, that, that I, my hypothesis is that it would not be greater than what you are copay to go see a doctor right now. But at the end of the day, um, the more we can work towards preventing ER visits, hospitalizations, or the advancement of a chronic disease by supporting adherence, the better we can affect patients' health outcomes and drive down costs for them, as well as the overall healthcare system. And in fact, there was a study done by our partner at Scripps Pharmacy um, that was separate from this survey uh, that showed that by driving higher medication adherence, ER visits were reduced by 23% and there were 20% fewer hospitalizations. Um, so there, that's a huge cost savings to patients. You know, I, I would not see an additive process of, you know, you have to go see your pharmacist and go see your physician. Um, so it would be more of a replacement cost. And if the sum total to the consumer is a reduction overall, I would bet that most consumers would be happy to pay for the convenience of going to see the pharmacist as opposed to um, fighting to get into the doctor's office. Right. And I like that. If it does wind up in the future where you would do a copay, that sounds reasonable. But what about the people who don't have insurance? I mean, I, I like the idea of, because most, uh, not most, but a lot of people, if they, once they do get ill, and they don't have insurance, their option is just to go to the ER. So mm -hmm. if they instead can just go to the pharmacist to see, okay, is this strep throat or not? Is my ear infection doing? But they don't have insurance, and the pharmacist wants to charge. Now how much money are we talking about? That's a good question, and one that I think we'll have to figure out. Um, you know, I think there is... As I said before, there are ways that pharmacists can connect patients to uh, drug discount cards. Potentially, there are ways that pharmacists could connect with FQHCs, uh, federally qualified health centers that provide care to uh, more um, uninsured patients, and or connect with, with the ED physicians. Um, so, you know, there are different ways that we can kind of tackle this problem. Um, and so I think, you know, the, the more we can kind of reduce cost overall for the system, the more that we can provide uh, more opportunity to uh, care for those that, that may not have insurance. Now, the flip side of that is I'm a doctor and mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not seeing quite as many sick patients every day, but that also means I'm not bringing in as much money every day. So now mm -hmm. in order to make up that loss of income, I got to up my prices. Not necessarily. I, I think, you know, given that there's a shortage already, um, you know, that you could free up some time with the doctor to do more that is within kind of their purview of expertise. Um, so oftentimes we talk about what's, you know, what's called practicing at the top of your license. And, and there are certain things that a doctor does that specific to medications that a pharmacist can take over and that frees up the doctor's time for, you know, maybe you know, counseling uh, more chronically ill patients on uh, various things that they need to, to better uh, improve their health. Um, so, you know, I think that at the end of the day, um, given that we do have this shortage, um, there are gaps at the moment. Um, and, and 
I, I see plenty of gaps in terms of wait times to, to go see a doctor. You know, they may be months out in scheduling. And so, um, you know, there may be opportunities to focus on a, a different population of patients that, you know, maybe has to come in even more often. Um, you know, maybe they're, they're seeing uh, patients kind of in a more virtual setting. Um, but partnering with pharmacists to address those questions that pharmacists can, can take on. I like that idea, especially in explaining medications, which I know probably most pharmacists, they do ask, do you have any questions when you go to pick up your medication? I just find that if the doctor who prescribed it is thinking, oh, my patient will ask all the questions of the pharmacist, but the pharmacist doesn't explain anything, just says, well, do you have any questions? A lot of times people don't even know what question to ask. And so they go, oh, no. And so then nothing is talked about about possible side effects or mixing with other medications, things like that. And so I would hope that if this does continue where pharmacists are picking up more and more, that maybe there would be more follow through between doctors and pharmacists. Absolutely. And as I said before, you know, I, I think we're, we're moving towards more of this team approach, um, where pharmacists are more integrated into their teams. Um, and, you know, patients already see that, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, almost 80% of patients see their pharmacist as an integral part of their care team. Uh, a lot of physicians, um, in, in our survey, uh, are already partnering with, with pharmacists. And so, you know, I think that the, the more that you can get better communication, uh, across different uh, providers, um, the better it is for patients. Um, so at the end of the day, if if we can get people talking and physicians talking to pharmacists about you know who's doing what and and, and when and how, um, I think it'll it'll continue to evolve and um, it'll be a win for on the patient side. So what can we do as consumers to maybe? get our pharmacists more involved or see if they will expand their role in my care? Uh, some of this is, is going to be state dependent, um, depending on kind of the, the, you know, where, where your state is in terms of, um, you know, what a pharmacist can and cannot do. Um, as I said, in some, in, in several states, they can already prescribe for certain conditions. Um, and, and I would see that continuing to grow similar to, you know, the nurse practitioner, uh, explosion. In terms of information, our, our partner, uh, Express Script Pharmacy has a wealth of information that can really empower people taking prescription medications with the information they need, um, to make the most of their pharmacist. And they can access that at expressscripts.com forward slash future of care. Expressscripts.com. Expressscripts dot com forward slash future of care. Okay, I will link that in the description of this show. So if anybody wants more information, they can click on it and go there. All right, any other advice or anything you want us to know about the possible expanding role that pharmacists are taking on? No, I, I think this is an exciting time um, and one where you know we'll, we'll continue to kind of monitor the evolution of this this new role um, and how, how patients can interact differently with their pharmacist. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. John McHugh. You again are Health Policy and Management at Columbia University, and you're helping explain to us why our 
healthcare could be changing soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.